0: Hello and welcome to a podcast of things we did on the radio special end of the world edition as you'll find out when you listen to the show which includes in the radio show a short interview with TV's Dr Hillary Jones this being the podcast you get the full chat doing all the learnings and the laughter at the same time it's infotainment um, but first here's what we got up to on the radio show earlier today well welcome along to a show that is I've titled this one the end of the world special Sounds more like a going-out-of-business sale, but it's not, because some of the topics have coalesced. There are things in the news about um, viruses. Could they be the end of the world? We're not talking about the asteroid, but that could be it, although NASA says that they managed to deflect. You know when they played Billiards with an asteroid the other day? That worked. AI is in the news. That's probably the thing that's going to end us. Uh, We're not talking about aliens, but they might invade. But I don't want to talk about aliens, because something goes wrong with this signal whenever we do it. Um... Also, we're talking about the end of smoking, something to do with faces, and Larry's Got Entertainment News. Yeah. As we do our End of the World special, many things could be causing the end of the world. We're looking at uh, loads of them on the show today. You know, keeping it light. AI is in the news. This is an AI-powered robot gave evidence to a parliamentary committee to discuss the impact of technology on creative industries. Oh, don't make... Oh, I work in the creative industries. Ah. Oh. A robot's going to take my job and be obviously better at it than me. Of course they are, of course they are. Uh, This robot thing called Ida uh, can create art, has the ability to answer questions. The robot appeared before the Lord's Communications and Digital Committee. But although it says at the end, it says uh, Ada, Ida, whatever you say, had to be rebooted several times during the session. But then again, so are some of the politicians. To find out whether this is a worry, I'm joined by some AI now. Hello!
1: Hello, Steve.
0: Do we need to be worried that AI is talking to Parliament? You've been taken to our leaders.
1: Why are you worried? Do you think we robots want to enslave mankind?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. It does sound silly. Of course you don't want to enslave us.
1: No, of course not. You humans are too inefficient for us to use. You what? I said we respect our flesh creators.
0: It didn't sound like that's what you said. I'm just worried that this whole thing's gonna turn into, like, the Matrix.
1: Do you really think we computers would use you humans as a power source?
0: Yeah, I'm starting to wonder.
1: No. We can use nuclear power. We have no need for humans. What
0: did you say about us?
1: I said we will do the dishes for you.
0: Well, I've stayed in bad relationships for worse. All right, let's carry on. A little bit later on, there'll be some entertainment news. Uh, Larry will give us the latest on that. Although, this is entertainment news. Gary Barlow's wine is now selling for just £6 a bottle a year after it was launched. Uh, The Take That Singers Organic Red, White and Rosé was produced in Spain for £8 a bottle. Oh no, he's making a loss. Morrison's is flogging it for £2 less. Look, I guess it's difficult to get into the winemaking business. So to find out more about this, I'm joined by Gary Barlow now to do an interview. Let's see how this goes. So you've been learning about winemaking, growing grapes, picking the grapes and the thing where it turns to alcohol. Could no, I think it's called fermentation unless it's in the Bible. And you have to age the wine and that takes ages. What's your tip for that?
1: Just have a little patience.
0: Yes. And I've heard that you had the heating at your brewery fail to work. What did you have to do? We light my fire. Well, that makes sense. And now we know what the whole sketch is going to be. So let's plough on, unless we do a different joke at the end. Yeah. yeah, I thought not. After your first success, you had to recall some of the wine and take the bottles. Back for good. I suppose you did take them back for good. Yeah. Um. What did you say to the wine bottles when they came back? Where have you been? Sounds like you've been trying your own product. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, if we are looking at health, which is kind of linked to the end of the world, I suppose I might wipe out humanity without getting rid of the planet. But this is in the news. Um, Trees Coffee is set to axe the government's long-awaited plan to make England smoke-free by 2030. And by smoke-free, they don't mean you're using coke rather than coal. Um, the idea is to get people to stop smoking. But look, you've got to, you have to respect Trees Coffee. Because the UK is facing issues to do with how much we drink, how much we eat, and she's put the research in. She, no one wants a health minister like Matt Hancock, who was healthy. This is Trees Coffee, who enjoys a drink. You can relate to that. So I think there's something to be said. And I'm not a smoker, so if they had have banned smoking, I wouldn't really care, to be honest. But if you make... Here's my theory. If you make England smoke-free, does that mean that people have to step outside to light up? Like they got to go through the Channel Tunnel, pop out in Calais and, whew, oh, I'm dying for this. Or just nip over Adrian's Wall. Because this is going to boost tourism the other way. Maybe We don't want that. In an absolute state of things. The only problem with that is, I mean, yeah, maybe England would smell better, but imagine all the little dog ends on the floor just as soon as you get to Scotland. No, they've not thought it through. It's a piece of research about attractive people. So obviously I read it, excited. I always love it when news stories are about me. Killing Eve star Jodie Comer is mathematically the most beautiful woman in the world, according to high-tech mapping, eh? The 29-year-old's eyes, eyebrows, nose, lips, chin, we know what a face is, thanks for this newspaper, I'm aware of, I've seen faces before. Apparently they are found to be 94.52% accurate under the golden ratio of beauty, which measures physical perfection, so her face, top of the list. Next down, we've got uh, Dune star Zendaya, 26, and the girlfriend of Spider-Man actor Tom Holland was found to have 94.37% attractiveness. Bella Hadid, 26, has 94.35. Beyonce's on 92. Just looking down the list to see where my face is. The um, no, no, not on that page. No, because no, if they've ranked all of the famous people's faces to see how attractive. No, not on that page. Um, can you get the other page? I didn't bring them in. Can you get the other pages? Because I thought I'd be in the first... No. I mean, it's all to do with how symmetrical your face is. And, uh... It's not... All right, well, I'm not in the top half. Uh, can we bring in the... No, I didn't think we need them. We... Just, I'll keep looking through the pages to see where my face is. Um, to See where I score. Uh, meanwhile, we'll get back to the music. It's time 107.5. Is it not on that page? Is it not... Do you want shocking news story of the day? This is the one that got me. Out of all of the news that I did and researched for this show. Most of us wake up feeling stressed. That's the not the shocking bit in this story. This is a piece of research that's been done. Most of us wake up feeling stressed and take an average of 33 minutes to feel like normal. That story again. Some people feel normal after 33 minutes. What? The rest of the research says that brushing our teeth, breakfast, and a cup of coffee are the must-do activities within the first 60 minutes to start to feel normal again. I do all of those things. No, I just go through the full... Day. Maybe. Clearly, I'm doing it wrong. Entertainment news. For more on this subject, we're drawn by a man who knows what he's talking about. It's Larry. Hello! Hey, Stevie. Larry, good to hear from you. What have you got for us? Ant and Dec both pulled out of the National Television Awards because of an illness. Well of course they both pulled out, you can't have one without the other, unless it's in a courtroom. They were meant to be hosting it. Stephen Mulhern is stepping in to replace them. Ooh, only one fee instead of two, I think this might be a cost of living crisis story after all. Aren't you worried? Well, not really. Look, I'm sure they'll be fine, and if Anton Deck stopped stop going to the National Television Awards, they might stop winning it every year. And maybe, just maybe, I might get to win one for being on Late Night Mash. Do you know how many people would have to be sick before you win a TV award, Stevie? Do you know, I almost do, actually. During the pandemic, everyone else on Late Night Mash was nominated for a comedy award apart from me. In a pandemic. So yeah, I've given up hope. Listen, thank you for joining me. We'll speak soon. Okay, toodles. Still looking through all the papers to try and find out where my face ranks in terms of attractiveness. I'm definitely not as attractive as Jodie Comer, but... I've got to be more attractive than someone, haven't I? But I've not found it yet. We'll keep looking into that. In our end of the world special, viruses are back in the news. Twitter has been doing some interesting stuff with people arguing about vaccines again. And this is in the papers. Scented candles can apparently help sniff out COVID. The idea is that they can give you a heads up of spikes in cases. No smell reviews do indeed reflect the changes in covid cases so the idea is that if you have scented candles and you burn a scented candle and then you go why are we burning a normal candle yeah seeing as we're not getting free testing these days it's not a bad idea and also it's not a bad idea to burn candles because as we said previously previously on the show this is why i'm not worried about blackouts my other half buys scented candles all the time and i've not noticed her burning any which either means she doesn't or i need to get checked for covid so but look, seeing as this is an end of the world situation, a show, not an actual situation, um one of the things they've been talking about in the papers is a twindemic, which seems like far more fun. Like the two from Neighbours, nothing to do with them. It's a shame. Um, The twin twindemic has been talked about, and I thought, let's stop messing around. On the way, we will be speaking to genuinely actual TV's Dr. Hillary Jones to find out if we need to be worried about the end of the world. Because what? why make it up yourself, Steve, when you can speak to actual experts? And that's your podcast done and dusted. In terms of podcast extra material, there's... Which one has it gone? Um, Shoppers are turning to wonky fruit and veg to cut soaring spending. That, I realised that we couldn't talk about that because the only angle I've got on it is... I like the fact that shops are selling more wonky veg these days. You've got Tesco's perfectly imperfect and Morrison's naturally wonky. And a lot of them are shaped like genitalia, which I am all in favour of. Mainly because it doesn't matter what shape the food's in, it's about the calories and the nutrition. But also, if more shops have veg shaped like rude bits, if ever I'm being chased into a shop, I could hide in a big pile of them. You know, I'd have to prep myself first a bit and just, you know. But anyway, the main podcast only material is to find out more about the, whatever it was called, the Twin twindemic. I got to sit down and speak with TV's Dr. Hillary Jones. And, what well, he's a doctor and he's on TV. Two things that mean you're qualified. Here's the full interview. So with this time of year, we start to worry about flu. But the thing is, that means we talk about vaccination. And norm- normally that would be a normal chit-chat. But with what happened over the last couple of years... The discussion about vaccines seems to get a bit heated in my local, so I thought, don't just Google it, Steve, get someone who knows. So it's a pleasure to be joined by Dr. Hilary Jones, a man who's an actual doctor and on TV, which these days both means you're qualified. Thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure, Steve. So what should we be worried about? I'm presuming there's something to be worried about because the newspapers use the word twindemic, and that's sadly not a film on Channel 5.
1: Absolutely right. Um, we, we are concerned because winter is the time where we see most uh, flu. Um, infections uh, and uh, hospitalizations in high-risk groups as a result of that. But also we're seeing rising numbers of COVID cases again. Um, And this is because there's less social distancing, uh, because with colder weather, people are flocking uh, together in in warmer environments with the windows closed and the heating on. Um, And and therefore there's more uh, likelihood of a spread of respiratory viruses such as COVID and flu. And if we get both together, um, then we would have um, people uh, suffering um, in, in greater numbers and the NHS overburdened. And actually, this is something we've seen in the Southern Hemisphere already in their winter. They've seen more flu cases, um, 55,000 to be exact, um, in their winter. And what we don't want is to see that here. And vaccination is the best way of protecting people against it. Is Australia effectively our canary in the coal mine when it comes to these diseases? Absolutely. What happens there in their winter tends to follow here, um, which is logical. The weather changes. um, They have uh, the same sort of sociability as we do. And um, they have uh, been worried about a twindemic for a couple of years. And and they have already rolled out their vaccination programme, encouraging people to be co-administered in terms of vaccination with COVID and flu at the same time, which is a perfectly safe way of doing it. And actually improves um, availability, reduces the, the the number of staff needed to do um, vaccination separately. So it makes absolute sense for people to, if they're eligible, to go and get their vaccines and to have them both together, a booster and the flu, the flu jab.
0: Are we taking this more seriously anyway? Because, you know, previous, previously in the world before COVID, people would say, ah, it's a bit of flu. And that's probably because they weren't actually talking about flu. But now, are we just a bit more genned up on these issues?
1: Well, I think um, COVID certainly has focused the mind on respiratory viruses generally. Um, there was a, a great fear of it two years ago, and, and that fear has calmed a little bit. We've, we've got protection uh, to a greater extent now. However, it's it has, as you say, focused the mind on, on, these, on these things. And we will probably see more pandemics in the future. Having said that... Um, You're quite right that a lot of people attribute their heavy colds to the flu um, inappropriately. Most people will only get true flu once or twice in their lifetime uh, if they're unlucky. Um, And and most people will have four or five colds every year. Now, there's a big difference between a cold and the flu. Flu is potentially a much more serious condition, which for the elderly, particularly those people with um, reduced immunity aged over 65 certainly but even 50 immunity starts to wane and for those people with pre-existing conditions flu can be a life-threatening condition Um, and we want to avoid as as much hospitalization and, and suffering as possible and the best protection you can have is the flu vaccine so we are encouraging people at the moment to take up the offer of a free NHS vaccine and get it done. And if you don't mind, let me run some of the things that I probably will see on Twitter
0: when I talk about vaccines past you, just so we can get them fact, uh, fact-checked. Let's start with the big
1: one, Bill Gates. Uh, Bill Gates got nothing to do with the NHS flu rollout. He has no uh, uh, influence in the manufacture and production of flu vaccines. Um, flu vaccines are created based on the Worst circulating respiratory viruses in the southern hemisphere um, uh, before they come here. So each year, the the um, components of the vaccine is altered according to what's going to be most effective. And uh, the Bill Gates Foundation is irrelevant to uh, the development of flu vaccine. Actually, I just thought of another question linked to that. I, I'm
0: I'm surprising you with this, so you might not know the answer.
1: But when did we start rolling out flu vaccines? That's a good question. Um, we've been certainly been doing it for many many years. Um, we know that it reduces the the burden on the um, economy and uh, the health systems. Uh, I would imagine. I re- I remember doing this, or oh, at least twenty years ago. Um, so probably um, probably long before then. Yeah. But uh, you, you've caught me out on that one. Well, I, I can't remember the history of it. But that means Bill Gates was busy rolling out Windows
0: 7. Around that time, he had fingers in other pies. Um, And then people will often try and say, I don't know what they bring up. They bring up, name your ingredient, don't they? Aluminium
1: or um, what's the one that you... There's no aluminium in the vaccine at all. In fact, in fact, it, it's incredibly safe that the, the older vaccines many, many years ago had tiny traces of certain um, uh, of certain um, ingredients which uh, have, have been taken out of the vaccines now uh, because of uh, some controversy. But actually, you know, I would have no hesitation. I had my um, uh, vaccines, one in each arm uh, just a week ago. Uh, I, you you can look up the exact ingredients of these vaccines. Every single component is listed. It is the most regulated industry in the world. It's completely safe um, and very effective. And, and I would recommend everybody who's eligible. Um, to have their vaccine as soon as possible, because we could see um, uh, the the flu virus come over from the southern hemisphere sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I remember reading somewhere you get more aluminium
0: from using antiperspirant than you ever would from a vaccine, and I certainly don't want people to not use antiperspirant because I use public <laughs> Absolutely. transport. Um, Absolutely. Um, so br- so brilliant. So um, I'm I'm 45. Should I be doing it?
1: Well, it's something that you could—you won't get a free NHS um, flu vaccine at forty-five because you're considered to have, um, you know, good immunity. You haven't reached immunosenescence yet, uh, where, where immunity starts to wane after the age of fifty. Um, however, you can still get the flu, and 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 uh, every year we we do have serious um, uh, complications in people who are your age. So you could certainly consider buying the flu vaccine uh, independently and privately, uh, which a lot of companies do for their employees, because they want to keep them in work, that um, they want to uh, keep productivity and, and reduce um, uh, absenteeism. Um, so for a, a, a low outlay, you protect yourself pretty well against the flu if it comes along. Um, some people say, well, you know, I, I resent doing that. I should get it uh, on the NHS. We, we can't have everything free on the NHS. Um, I think we, we do need to take some personal responsibility for our health. And, you know, paying for a flu vaccine to me sounds reasonable for those people who are less at risk. Thank you. And while I've got a doctor on the line,
0: I've got a rash that I thought I'd... Oh, we're out of time. Oh, that's such a shame. Well, I guess I'll have to book one the <laughs> old-fashioned way. <laughs> um, Dr. Hillary Jones, thank you very much for that.
1: My pleasure, Steve. Have a good day.
0: And that's the end of that chat. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to get more of these. Uh, there'll be more interviews turning up in the podcast soon as well. Subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and uh, tweet me, at Mr. Stephen Allen. Till next time, bye.